What is up, everybody, and welcome back to DW Sports. Thank you guys for so much support on the first episode. And last episode was um, stuff that, you know, was a while back. This time we're getting into more current stuff. You know, sports are starting to come back, which is very exciting. So today we're going to start off with uh, the MLB draft and lead on to um, basketball recruiting. Uh, but I'm your host, Will Feller. And I'm your co-host, Davis Gehrig. And yeah, welcome back to DW Sports. So the first thing that we are going to talk about today is the MLB draft. The first thing, um, you know, not even as a baseball fan or anybody, if you got to think, what about those people that were going to get drafted in the sixth round to the tenth round? Because as we all know, or if you don't know, the MLB draft got cut in half. So there's only five rounds. There's usually 10. Now when you're going into the MLB, if you're going to get drafted, an unsigned, or I'm sorry, an undrafted rookie that goes into the league only makes about like 20000 a year or something. They make a lot less than when they would have actually gotten drafted. So – I don't really know the purpose of them cutting it in half, but I really don't like the move because if somebody worked really hard to get there, even if you're, you know, a bottom half in the draft pick, you're still working to become a baseball player professionally and you're losing all that money. And now you got to work even harder to just find a spot on a team. So do actually like, the way they did this, Davis, like get all the best people out, or do you do you think the people should deserve a chance? You know, I don't really understand why they did it because think about it. Um, if they're all still in their same, if they're in their homes and they're not at, at the actual draft, kind of how the NFL did it, then what's the point of cutting it in half? Because wouldn't it be the same thing? It would just be longer. I, I don't like the move because, you know, like you said, those players that, you know, are lower skilled players, but they're still skilled enough to make the MLB, they should definitely have a chance to go instead of working even harder to find a team in the offseason rather than if they had that those 10 rounds where they could have been drafted. Right. And, you know, what if you're – what if you're a father when you grow up and you tell your kids, you know, I was projected to be a mid six round pick in the MLB 2020 draft and it got cut off in half. I tried to work to find a job somewhere to play and I never got the opportunity. So now instead of being a pro baseball player and making maybe millions someday for my family, I'm, I'm having a normal job because you cut it in half. I mean, obviously, if you're a six-round pick, you might find a job in AAA or somewhere. But I don't like the move at all. I think you should have had all ten rounds because all those people that were so promising to have a pro baseball career have just gone down the drain. You know, they're not getting any younger. They're just growing older. So, And you can't get time back. So if you waste a couple of days training while everybody else is working, you just lost that time, which is why another reason why I don't like that move because 
you know, you're not getting any younger. You're just growing older, and the older you get, you're losing potential. You're growing worse. But for the people that did get drafted in the first five rounds, there are a lot of teams out there that had excellent drafts. The MLB is different than the NBA and NFL because I think that in the MLB, a lot of teams actually had good drafts this year. In the NFL and the NBA, there's usually only a certain few teams that have good drafts, and then there's most of the teams that have mediocre drafts, and then a couple teams that have horrible drafts. The MLB actually had a lot of teams with good drafts this year. Um, the, the Detroit Tigers had a really good draft. The Cardinals had a good draft. The Pirates had a good draft. The Brewers had a good draft. I mean, there was a ton of good teams with a good draft. But in my opinion, the best draft is the Toronto Blue Jays. And the reason I think – actually, not just the reason. There are a couple reasons why I think that a good draft. I was torn between the Blue Jays and the Tigers. I think it was neck and neck. But I gave the edge over to the Blue Jays a little bit because Austin Martin, baby, he was the number one prospect in the MLB draft. He got picked at number five. You know, that's, that's a huge win for an organization. Football and basketball fans, for those of you that don't watch baseball, you know, think about the number one prospect dropping down to number five. Think about Anthony Davis dropping down to number five. Think about Kyler Murray dropping down to number five. Like, just think about all of that. Think about how much that could have changed the draft. The Toronto Blue Jays got a huge steal here, but that's not the only reason. C.J. Van Eek was selected in the second round, and he also has first-round talent. Nick Frosso was selected in the fourth round, could have gone second round or third round. And the reason he went fourth round was because of his injury. He had second-round talent. He had second-round talent for sure. But Frosso and Eek complement Austin Martin really well in Toronto. I think – that's a huge, huge win for the Blue Jays. What are your opinions on who had the best draft? I took my best draft to the Tigers. Um, when they have the first pick, obviously when you have a first pick, your draft's going to be pretty good. They, they started off really strong with Spencer Torkelson, uh, 6'1", 220 pounds, third baseman. He has insane power and can draw walks which means he has really good vision at the plate. Um, so, obviously, starting off with him, you're going to have a bang. He went to Arizona State University. He batted 337 in his career, so all four years of college, which is really good. And, you know, their second round, they got catcher Dylan Dingler. He has a really good arm. He can throw down to second base when someone's stealing. And he has good vision. And then they just – did it all with they got another outfielder they got Daniel Cabrera he's a he's a con he's more of a contact hitter but you know sometimes when you have more power as they got in Torkelson and Dingler they need a contact hitter you know and then they got Trey Cruz from the Rice Owls he has good bat speed and he's a good defender and he has raw power and then they got another third baseman which 
it's interesting because they took two third basemen, but I think if they get – they could get Gage Workman into another position or – I mean, that might take down the value that he has. But, you know, whatever the Tigers are going to have to do, they're going to have to make happen because they, they're going to be a good organization in the coming years for sure. Right, and the Tigers – won the World Series not too long ago either. So they're just building that program right back up. Uh, Spencer Torkelson, the first pick in the draft, um, as I said, I was torn between who had the best draft, whether the Tigers or the Blue Jays. I think those two had the best drafts. Spencer Torkelson, his freshman year in college, played 55 games. He had 25 home runs, 53 RBIs, 66 hits. And he averaged uh, .32. So, his, for a freshman year, that's that's pretty good at ASU. Not to mention that Arizona State is a very good baseball program, along with, like, Vanderbilt and all those. Right. Um, he then went on in his sophomore year, played 57 games, hit 22 home runs, 65 RBIs, 84 hits, and had a 3 point. .353 batting average. And then this year, just look at this stat line right here. He only played 17 games. He had six home runs, 11 RBIs, 17 hits, and .34 batting average. So he had 17 hits, 11 RBIs, and six home runs which basically means that every time he hit – now, obviously, he could have got two people on an RBI at one point, but not – I mean, anyways. Six plus 11 is 17, so that is an incredible ratio on his batting average. This guy can rock at the ball. Detroit should be very happy with their first pick. Very, very happy. Right. Um, and the Blue Jays, going back to the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays could have had a good draft with just Austin Martin, just by themselves. I mean, that was a huge steal. They could have had an A draft, an A letter grade draft, just by selecting him. But they did not slow down. They, they went with people who complimented him very well. That's hard to do. You know, if you're building a football and a basketball team or just in any sport, you need teammates that can complement each other well. I know a lot of our viewers are big basketball fans. So for basketball fans, here is an example. You do not want to build a basketball team with one scorer, one defender, one rebounder. You know, you don't want everybody scattered around. You want somebody complimenting each other well so you want you know one guy that can slash and kick out to a guy that just sits on the corner and wants the three ball in the corner that would work very well you want a guy who can rebound give it to a guard who can push up the floor you want a big man that can run the floor you want good floor spacing it's all about that and that's exactly what the Toronto Blue Jays did except in baseball terms they got their powerhouse of a guy and they selected two other guys that complimented him very well. Now it all depends on 
obviously how they play in the future. But if you put pen to paper, that looks like a very, very good draft. Mm-hmm. As for some teams, horrible draft. Just horrible. The Texas Rangers, I think some websites were giving them too high of a letter grade. Get this. This just disgusts me right here. This, if you haven't watched our first episode, this disgusts me probably as much as the DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals trade. This disgusts me. I don't understand how an organization can do this at all. Evan Carter was picked in the second round. He's a high schooler. He was picked in the second round. He wasn't even a top 500 prospect. And they picked him in the second round. I mean, what? What? Seriously? You're going to pick a guy that's not even in the – I know you need to fill your team needs. I know you need that. But to pick a guy in the second round that's not even in the top 500? Like, what is, what is your logic? Do you have some guy telling you false information or something? Like, you can't pick a guy that's out of the top 500 in the second round. The only team that I know can ever do that is the New England Patriots. The Texas Rangers are at the New England Patriots. You, I don't understand your, like, there were still guys that you could have stolen on the board, even if it didn't fill your team needs. Maybe it was just somebody you had, maybe it was a position that you had mediocre players at and not bad, but you could have had, if I'm being honest, that's easily the worst pick in the draft. Now, that's the main reason they had a bad draft, but they also had a, a bad draft because Nick Foskey came off the board half a round early and they picked them. And I don't understand, like, the Rangers are just like the Packers this year in the draft, but twice as bad. You literally just threw your draft away. You, you weren't even like a team in the draft. Now, I'm going to look stupid if – I'm going to look stupid if if Evan Carter starts going off in the MLB. I'm going to look stupid, and I, and I have every right to look stupid if this guy starts going off. Good pick for you guys. But that doesn't happen very often. I can't believe it. I, I, I just can't believe it. Who, who do you think had the worst draft? There are some other teams that have horrible drafts too. I thought the Yankees had a really bad draft. Now, granted, the Yankees had a really good free agency. They picked up Garrett Cole, who may be the greatest pitcher in the MLB right now. Um, He helped the Astros last year. And, you know, so the Yankees are a very good team, and I think they have a chance to win a World Series this year. But – Nonetheless, their draft was terrible. They had all they had all the positions they drafted, so they would quite poss- they would quite literally have to 
switch out players' positions, and they would have to move the draft the draftees around. And you can't do that because that takes away all the value of the players you drafted. Now, granted, they didn't have a lot of value with the players they drafted, but still, that's just dumb. Why would you do that? But the Yankees, the Yankees are a team, I think, that could look like the Patriots in bringing bad players in and making them good. So maybe I could look stupid. Who knows? But I just think the Yankees did not have a good draft. I agree. No, I agree. I I think I think the Rangers had a worse draft than the Yankees, but the Yankees did have a horrible draft. And it's funny that you mentioned the Patriots because everybody hates the Yankees and everybody hates the Patriots. You know, the Yankees, 27 World Series. Uh, but, you know, yeah, horrible draft. Horrible draft for the Yankees. And both both teams, you, you, guys, you, you guys should be ashamed of yourself. I don't even care. I, I would be a better GM than that night for the Rangers or the Yankees. And I barely even know baseball. <laughs> Who do you think was the biggest steal in the draft? Because there were a lot of steals. There were a lot of steals. But who do you think was the biggest one? I had Trey Cruz from the Rice Owls. Um, he was taking third rounds. He has good power. And he has really good bat speed. Take the bat speed and the power together. And the Tigers got a really good player in them. And with all the power they had, I mean, the Tigers pretty much had a powerful draft. They pro- they had one contact player who just um, is a guy who can get on base when you need him. But, you know, they got this Trey Cruz guy in the third round that, he dropped, but, I mean, he just seems like a really good player, and I'm excited to see what he does. I have Gage Workman of the Tigers again. The Tigers with a good draft, but Workman, um, Workman, he was a fourth rounder. He has the talent to be a possible first rounder. Why did he drop all the way to the fourth round? Well, you know, his potential might not be there. You know, his injuries might not be there. But what happens when all that, all that pays off? It's an excellent player. If you get a possible first rounder in the fourth round, along with, like, the first pick, and both of those pay off, and their primes, if they stay together in Detroit, now, quite frankly, Detroit sports – or the worst I've ever seen them right now. Mm-hmm. Detroit sports, let's just go off topic for a minute. Detroit sports, they have the Tigers, who was the worst in the MLB, the Pistons, who were almost last in the NBA. They have, they have the Red Wings in hockey, who are very bad. And then they have the Lions, who had the third pick in the NFL draft. I just wanted to mention that. That's just a fun fact for you guys. but. Yeah, if you live in Michigan and are a Detroit sports fan, I feel sorry for you guys right now. Like, genuinely, I would not be able to handle my teams. But, yeah, Gage Workman is my biggest deal. If he pays off for Detroit, Detroit's going to get this organization turned back around pretty easily. So, with the MLB draft, 
you know, obviously there would be a lot more to talk about if there were more rounds. Clearly they didn't. Clearly they cut off hopes and dreams of young talents. Um, but how do you like the idea of the MLB draft format? And what I mean is you can go straight from high school or if you do decide to go into college, you have to wait till you're a junior to go to the MLB. Do you like that? You know, it's different, I'll say that. I mean, say, okay, so someone's coming out of high school, and, of course, if you have the talent to go straight to the MLB, you're going to want to do it. But that could mean you're going to drop further than you would if you could enrich your talent. And so if you're coming out of high school and yeah, you, you're, you can go to the MLB straight away. You're going to pick that. And I just, I, I don't know if I like it. Uh, it's hard to tell because players aren't going to, some players aren't going to want to wait till their junior year to go to the MLB. But at the same time, if they do, they're going to get a lot better and they're going to be able to, be picked higher so I don't think I like it but you know the MLB has an interesting way of doing things and yeah I I don't like it but I don't hate it I just I think it's decent because I like the idea of say you're in a gray area right you're not in an area in high school where you say, okay, I'm good enough to go to the MLB. You know, maybe in high school you think you can be a eighth, ninth, tenth rounder, but you're like, I want to go higher than that. I like the idea where you can go to college, develop for three years, and possibly be a higher pick. What I don't like about the idea is college might not get the best talent because a lot of these high schoolers are rushing. Everybody wants money. Everybody wants to make millions when they grow up. But I don't think high school players understand that if you just wait and develop, you can get so much better and make even more money. Like you don't have – the grass is not always greener on the other side. That's a thing that my dad always tells me. Whatever you think is best, it might not be best for you. Because what if you're in high school? Okay, here's an example. Say you're in high school. Your best friend plays on your same team. You and your best friend both decide to enter the MLB draft. You go straight out of high school. And then your friend says, not nah, never mind. I'm going to go to college. He goes to a college like Vanderbilt, Arizona State. You go straight to the MLB. You get selected in the sixth round. Okay, great. I'm in the MOB, bro. You're just in college still. Your best friend gets picked in the second round in three years. You're already out of the league because you couldn't find a job. Your best friend's tearing it up. Why? Because he developed for three more years. Now, that doesn't happen to very many high schoolers, but it does to some. And it's – a very, very hard decision. I can tell you that. Well, I wouldn't have any experience. I can just assume it's a hard decision. But, yeah, I don't hate it, but I don't like it at the same time. The first high schooler taken this year 
was Robert Hassel out of Independence High School in Tennessee. He was pick, uh, taken eighth overall. So, you know, that just shows seven college guys, seven guys in college ahead of him um, shows that going to college develops you a little bit more. Now, this guy was obviously a stud in high school. In high school. So, for him, was that probably the right decision? Yeah, because if you're a top ten overall pick in the draft, then sure, yeah, go. But, yeah, that's my opinion on that. And, you know, it's kind of a comparison to the NBA because some NBA players are now going to go to the G League. Right. And you know they want money, but at the same time, is that really the best decision? I don't know if it is the best decision because, again, you, the NBA rules are you can you can play in college for only freshman year and then you can go. And so if you wait to develop one more year, you'll be good. But there's also a con to that. Some players may be scared of getting injured in their college years. And if you get injured in your college years, and that you could have a career-ending injury, and then you won't be able to go to the NBA. And that's right. why I think some of these players are going straight from high school because injuries have a big part to do with everything, as we know. Right, and I just absolutely hate the NBA does it. They used to. I don't like the one-and-done rule because if you're just that good, you know, you know most of the top ten recruits in high school are going to go after their freshman year of college, so why not just go in high school? But – I really like the rule. I, I think they should make a rule where you have to play at least two years in college. I like the way college football does it, where you have to go three years. If it was basketball, I would say two years, because football is a lot more physical sport than basketball. So, yeah, I would say three years for football. But, yeah, I don't like the, I don't like the way the NBA does it at all. I, I like the way the NFL does it. I think that should be the way with all sports. But for all you basketball fans, again, man, I know a lot of our viewers are basketball fans. Another recent thing, the class of 2023 basketball rankings came out. They only showed the top 25, but we're going to be doing the top five people. We're going to be basically doing a scouting report for all five people on the class of 2023 and class of 2022. And I'm excited to do this. I am very excited to do this. So starting off at number five in the class of 2023, we have Mookie or Marcus Cook. He's 6'5", 205 pounds, Jefferson High School from Portland, Oregon. He played um, with, with the Blue Chips, so he played with Bronny James, Jazeer, Gabe Cups, all of them. This kid already has offers from Bryant University, San Francisco University, Pacific University, Washington, Oregon, Washington State. Now, keep in mind on this, 
me and Davis, when we did this, we only watch highlights. We're not going to fly out to Portland, Oregon to watch this guy play. But we only watch highlights, and we try to find a weakness with everybody. So this is a weakness within their highlights, which basically means their weakness is something that we didn't see them do at all. But the first thing I noticed, you know, on this kid's highlights, I watched a lot of videos. I probably spent at least 20, 25 minutes studying every kid to get pristine scouting report. The first highlight reel I watched, the first three or four minutes, was just this kid dunking. This kid can jump out of the gym. He's so athletic. He's 6'5". The dude can probably get his head above the rim. He can jump for everything. He, I mean, incredible athleticism. And incredible athleticism also leads to an incredible finisher at the rim. He jumps higher than everybody. He can dunk on people. He can you know, lay it up over people. He rarely misses layups. He's an excellent three-point shooter at the arc. It's a positionless game of basketball. You need to do everything, even if you're a center these days, right? Anthony Davis starts shooting threes now. You need, well, this guy's not a center, but it's a, it's a positionless game. I don't think there's any more, you know, it's rare for – a back-to-the-block type center. Everybody wants to shoot threes. Now, this guy is a good three-point shooter. He's not, he's not an amazing three-point shooter, but he's good. He's a good three-point shooter. But the, the main thing I was impressed with and thing that impresses scouts a lot, this kid has a very, very high IQ. He has a very high IQ. He'll drive to the basket. He'll know. He knows his teammates so well on the school team and his AAU team. He knows when to cut. Dish, shoot. Those are my three words for IQ. Cut, dish, shoot. He knows he has such a high IQ, he can see the defender and know when the defender's going up to double his teammate. He just backdoors, and it's an easy alley-oop for him every time. He knows when he's going off, what he's going to do. He's going to drive to the bucket, and then he's going to dish out, or he's going to shoot it. It's, un it's unstoppable. You don't know what to do when you're guarding this kid. He really likes the Euro step and the hop step at the rim to create space. But the one thing that I did not see him do a lot, I never – I don't think I – out of three or four videos I watched, I don't think I ever saw him take a mid-range shot. It was all threes or to the basket. Now, I'm not saying he can't shoot mid-range. If he's taught five minutes class, he probably can. But, you know, these – or just stuff I did not see in his highlights. I didn't see him shooting any mid-range. I didn't see him pull up from mid-range at all. Is that a problem if he can't shoot mid-range? Yeah, because you're going to have to shoot mid-range at some point. Like, if, you get, if you're having a bad game from the three-point line, you're going to have to shoot somewhere else in the mid-range. But overall, Mookie, Marcus Cook, I think he's going to be a star. Uh, you know, his offers right now, he'll get more. He has three really good offers that I think right now. I don't think he'll go to Bryant, San Francisco, or Pacific, but Mookie Cook, great, great kid. Um, I watched a couple of like him and his friends and his interviews and stuff. He's a great kid, great basketball player. I respect him for his work and stuff like that. Davis, you want to talk about the next kid? Yeah, next we have 
Omaha. God, that's a tough name to pronounce. B B Lon. B Lou or By Lou or whatever. I don't I don't Hard even to pronounce, know. but Omaha. He has good size at 6'7", 210, and he went to Hillcrest Prep, which, you know, is that's a very good, very good high school for basketball players in, in Phoenix. Um, his offers right now are Arkansas, Georgia, Illinois, Iowa, Nebraska, Western Kentucky, Moorhead State, South Dakota State, TCU. And, you know – he also has Memphis, too. Oh, yeah, my fault. I didn't see that. But um, those are some – those. he has some really good schools on his board. And he's going to get more. And maybe ha- half those offers is because look how tall and big he is. Um, he has really good athleticism for how big he is. He can jump. He can block shots. Um, he's an above-average shooter. As a big man, like you said earlier, you want to be able to shoot the ball. Anybody wants to shoot the three ball. Like you said, it's a positionless game. Um, he can run the floor, which, as you'll see later, some big men can't run the floor that well. But this guy's insane, insane speed for his size. Excellent shot blocker, which you need in a big man. And his spin move is insane. He has really good vision for his size. So, really, you could probably play him at any position, except he's not a good ball handler. So, when I say he can go out of position like point guard because his vision and his speed, that's – I don't think that's true at all because – his ball handling is not there. Now, granted, he can work on his ball handling and maybe play a position that's not like center. Just think about it. A six, seven point guard coming at you, that might be a little scary. Right. And this guy, obviously, he's a center in uh, high school, but if you think about it, if he goes pro or in college, he's probably going to end up being more of like a small forward, I would say, or just a forward. Forwards need to handle the ball a little bit still. You know, obviously they don't take it up the court. This guy, the thing I like about this guy most, he has a bag of tricks. Like, there's nothing that this guy can't do. If you stop one move, he'll hit you with five more. He'll hit you with, you know – a behind-the-back step back, wet like water three. Then next time you stop that, he'll nutmeg you. He'll go under your legs, throw up a floater. There's – you can't – for a bag of tricks, that, in my opinion, is one of the most important things in a basketball player. Shooting, I think it's more important than shooting because, you know, what are you going to do – when a defender goes up on you and you have nine different moves you can do on him, he's not going to stop all nine by the end of the game. There's not enough time for you to stop all nine. And anyways, if you do stop all, if you do stop all nine at one point, you're not going to know which one he's using. So you're not going to know which one to defend, which is incredible. This guy can just get past any defender. 
any defender. He's an, he's an above-average shooter, which is promising for his size. His athleticism and shot blocking is just – it's so good. It's, it's so good. Um, but ball handling still needs to work. His vision's pretty good. So, um, this guy, he has a ton of good offers on the board. He has – oh, that's Western Kentucky. I thought it was Kentucky. But, yeah, he's – keep in mind, these guys are all freshmen. These guys are all 15, 16 years old. These guys haven't even gotten – the reason why colleges don't offer them now, if they get in trouble for doing something stupid when they're a kid, if they get injured and don't come back, that's why a lot of colleges don't offer um, these kids. But with all these offers right now on the table, he's going to get a lot more. Like, he has a Big Ten school. He has two Big Ten – three Big Ten schools, Illinois, Iowa, and Nebraska. Um, yeah, he has – every single one of those schools on there is very good. But this kid right here, the next kid we're about to talk about, in my opinion, should be number one. And I'll tell you why in a minute. If you haven't heard of him yet, you're going to have to get to know his name. Mikey freaking Williams. 6'1", 175. I don't even know how to pronounce his high school name. It's like San, San Ysidro or something. San Ysidro, I think that's right. But he's from San Diego, California. I don't even want to read all of his offers, bro. He has like over 40. But the reason he has like over 40 is because Mikey, before we go into like his scouting report and everything, Let's talk about um, his HBCU talk, Davis. Let's, you know, if for those of you who don't know what HBCU stands for, Mikey Williams said he might want to go to an HBCU, which stands for Historical Black College or University, which isn't the colleges you're thinking of. It's no North Carolina, Duke, Indiana. It's none of that. It's, it's colleges like Tennessee State. Colleges like Alabama State, Delaware State, Florida A&M, Grambling State. He has offers from all, from all of them. Mikey Williams wants to go to and possibly wants to go to HBCU because he wants to respect, you know, the black community, and he wants to show his respect towards African-American people. And I think if he does this, it will – It'll turn college basketball around. What do you think? Uh, well, I think he's definitely going to do it. There's no doubt. He's talked about it so much. He's always talking about, yeah, I'm, I'm going to an – I'm possibly thinking about going to an HBCU. But I don't think it's him possibly thinking about it. I think he's definitely thinking about it. I think he's not going to go – I don't think he'll go to one of the smaller schools like Florida A&M or Grambling State or Delaware State. I think he's going to go to, like, Howard. Right. Xavier. Yeah. Xavier is – I think Xavier would be a good spot for him because it's still a big school, but it's still an HBCU. Um, I like the decision. And, of course, if Mikey Williams does it, uh, people are going to fall in his footsteps, and it's going to – it's going to change the game of basketball for sure, but I like it. He, they, All these freshmen and sophomores that are black, 
want to support their community. And after everything that happened, um, I think it's a great way to, you know, put awareness into everything, you know? Yeah. So for this kid, as I said, he's six one, and he can get his head above the rim. He can get his head above the rim. A 10-foot rim, he gets his head above it. And it doesn't even look like he's trying either is the funny part. He just casually jumps up there, sticks his head above the rim, throws it down, which makes him a great defender. Dude blocks. If you're playing pickup game in the driveway, you always you've heard somebody say one time in their life, "Don't come in my paint. This is my paint." Well, he's the only, Mikey Williams is one of the only dudes that can say that. That's a guard. He rejects everything that gets in his way in the paint, and he's only six one, six one. Yeah, it's tall for a freshman. He's a guard, but in the NBA, six one short. I I don't think I. This is probably the most athletic kid on the list. Out of all 2022 and 2023, not only – just think about it. Get his head at the rim. That's pretty insane. Get his head above the rim. I don't – you don't see very many 6'1 kids do that. You see a lot of taller kids do that, 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", not 6'1". Right. But he's, he's a great shooter. He can hit from very deep. He's an insane shooter. Um, you know, I've seen in his highlights, the dude's just pulling up from like NBA range and draining it. He's an excellent ball handler. He can just sit there, handle the ball a day. He won't lose it. It it seems like he has eyes in the back of his head. Like he knows, he knows when somebody's coming behind him or to the side and he's going to cross over and take the rack and throw it down on you. This kid, I think he should be number one. He, he's also an amazing finisher, not to mention. The dude finishes everything, mostly with the dunk. <laughs> mostly with the dunk. Sometimes with the layup, but mostly with the dunk. He plays angry. You know, you don't, you don't want to make this dude mad. He has a lethal step back. His step back, oh, my. The dude probably jumps two or three feet back just on a step back, like, the dude can be in the middle of the of the corner of the three-point line to where the paint is. He can be right in the middle of that, and the dude can step back to the three-point line and nail a shot on balance. So the dude, the dude is um insane. His step back, his jump is just really good. But his weakness is he's really cocky. Like, he's, he's very, very cocky. And cockiness can sometimes leave the mental weakness. It, you know, if you get dunked on or something one day, some dude's going to, like, make fun of you for being cocky or whatever. But, yeah, he, he was hard to find. Like, if being cocky is your weakness, you can be cocky if you're that good. If I'm just being – like, you can, you can just be cocky. But Mikey Williams – I'm going to read off all of his offers real quick. Alabama State, Arizona, Arizona State, Arkansas, Arkansas Pine Bluff, 
HBCU, Delaware State, HBCU, Florida A&M, Grambling State, Hampton, Howard, all Jackson State, all HBCUs. Then he has Kansas, Memphis, New Mexico, Norfolk State, NC, okay, yeah, Pitt, San Diego State, so like literally just everywhere. Mikey Williams, I think he should be number one. Um, he's always in a gym. I've never seen a dude like not in a gym before. But do you th- do you think Mikey Williams should say it three, or do you think he should be a little higher than that? I w- I think he should be two. I like I really like the next guy. I uh, I think the next guy should be number one. Um, but you know, back to his bounce, he. I want to clear things up. He doesn't just get his head above the rim. It's his chin that goes above the rim. And the last player I saw to do that was Gerald Green. Right, but, yeah. But then we get into his cockiness. And cockiness can be a weakness, especially in college in the NBA, because – Refs in college in the NBA are not taking that stuff. And they'll tee you up any time. They're soft. Refs are kind of soft. I'm being honest in the NBA. They're soft. The NBA has gotten soft, too. Like, the bad boy Pistons, that was an era where physical basketball came on. I think now it's just soft. But, yeah, Davis, now I know that you like the this next guy so much. Um, you know, you're excited about talking about him. Let's talk about Jalen Lewis. You talk about Jalen Lewis. Well, at 6'8", 220, that's already insane size for a freshman especially. And he could possibly still be growing. Um, he goes to Bishop O. David High School. In Oakland, he has offers from California, Kansas, UC Davis, USC. And those aren't as many offers as as Mikey Williams has. But I think Mikey Williams has more, like, he has more reach. Like, people know him because he played with LeBron here and he was coached by LeBron. But Right, yeah. But this dude's really athletic for his size. And I just want to talk about his defense really quick. Um, Out of the highlights that me and you watched, I thought his ability to block shots was insane. Now, that also leads to a weakness because his speed is not that good. As many other players' speeds, they're faster. Nah. But I mean, when you're six eight two twenty, you really just need to be able to play help defense. And this is what that guy, this guy, does. He's a really good finisher. It helps when you're six eight because you're taller than everybody else, and he's also athletic, so he can jump over everybody. He's a tremendous rebounder, which, I mean, being 6'8", it's not hard to be a a good rebounder, but he still rebounds over people. He's 
he's a pretty good shooter for being a big man. And that's what I think is a good skill. He He's a shooter. I mean, he's not a great shooter like a Mikey Williams. He can't – he's not the type of guy that's going to step back to the volleyball line and shoot it. He's the type of guy that will give you a couple three-pointers a game and mix in some mid-range shots and – layups and then he's just a defender um and he has really good vision as well his vision might be the best out of a big man I've seen um granted I only watched highlights of him because I'm not going to fly out to Oakland but out of the highlights I saw he was a great passer yeah and that's it that's an incredible trait to have because you know as I said earlier, 6'8", if you get into the league, you that's not a center unless you're like somebody like P.J. Tucker. But that's more like a small forward, power forward position. So if you already have vision in high school, all you need to do is, is speed up a little bit because you need to run the floor. But you need to run the floor more as a big man than a forward. But if this guy increases his speed a little bit, you know, the dude's going to be a stud. He's number two on the list for a reason. Um, and then the best guy in 2023, DJ Wagner, 6'3", 165. He's from Camden High School from Camden, New Jersey. Um, this guy – there weren't enough clips of him, in my opinion. For number one, there are a lot more clips of like every other guy. But DJ Wagner, I could see why he's number one just from the clips he had. Dude's probably the best finisher on the list, close with Mikey. He might actually be better than Mikey. He's a great shooter. He can push the ball up the floor real well. He plays really fast. Mm-hmm. If you're going to play basketball, it'll, you know. Your dad always tells you for a reason. Your coaches always tell you for a reason. Play game speed. Why? Because you need to play fast. Playing fast is what gets you to the next level. This kid plays fast. He pushes the ball up the floor. He can finish over anybody. He can dish to do wide open guy. He has great court vision. The dude has offers from Kentucky and Penn State. His Euro step is deadly. The deadly Euro step. But, you know, this guy, he's 6'3", and he, he's really not as, as athletic as others. Out of all the clips I watched, I saw the dude dunk the ball one time, and you're like, okay, Will, some dude's weakness is not dunking. No, 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 no. His weakness is not, not dunking. His weakness is not being as athletic as others on the list. The dude dunked. He can dunk. But he's not like – if you're going up against some guy against Jalen Lewis or Mikey at the rim, they're just going to jump higher than you and block your shot. But for being 6'3", and you're like – you know, Mikey's already doing under-the-legs type dunks and stuff. This kid's just like – he's doing normal dunks, which is fine. It's fine. He's, not, he's number one on the list. Dude's a, dude's a beast. But – he needs to learn, you know, to, to jump higher and be more athletic because 
he's a shooter and a slasher. He can shoot everywhere, mid-range three, and he's a slasher. But you're going to go up against some athletic big man someday and get denied at the rim because he just jumps higher than you. Um, so DJ Wagner, I think obviously this list is going to change next year. It's not going to stay the same for all four years. I think more guys are going to climb up next year to the top five. But for right now, for this season, this was the 2023 top five. So now we're going to move on to um, 2022. Actually, before we move on to 2022, I just want to say one more thing about DJ Wagner. Um, he's very good at creating contact and creating space. So part of the reason why he scores so many points is because He's excellent at creating contact, and he's an, a very aggressive and great finisher, which he gets a lot of and ones, and he hits his free throws. And with the zero step mostly all the time, he creates space and then gets that contact and goes up. So he drops so many points because of that. He can push the ball up the floor. Dude's a great player. Um, congratulations to everybody on the 2023 list that made the top five. It seriously takes some hard work. It, Congratulations. All you guys got a bright future. Um, but now now we're going to move on to 2022, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Can I say one more thing about him? Yeah, for sure. Uh, see, he only has two offers. But, again, the reason Mikey Williams has that many offers is because his coach was LeBron James. Yeah. I mean – See, and he was he was definitely probably the best player on that Blue Chips team. But that's how a lot of people know him. Um, that's why people like Jalen Lewis and DJ Wagner only have two or three offers. But that's only freshman year. They're definitely going to expand. Um, so let's get on to the 2022 players. Uh, starting off with number five. Number five, number 2022. Chris Livingston. Yes, sir. 6'6", 195. He goes to Western Reserve Academy in Akron, Ohio, which is where LeBron James grew up. Um, he has two offers from Akron, or he has three offers. Akron, Ohio State, and the UAB Blazers. Uh, he's really athletic, which goes to say he's a very good rebounder. Um, he's quick around the rim, so goes finisher. I'd say he's kind of like a Kyrie around the rim. And he's also a great defender around the rim. He's athletic, helps him jump. Um, and he plays angry like a Mikey Williams. Um, you have to play angry. That's just how you win games. That's how you you don't want to get under his – you don't want to try to get under his skin. He finished everything in the paint. Floaters, layups, anything you can think of in the paint, he's going to do it. Now – the one thing he needs to learn how to do is shoot better. We've talked about his finishing and defending, 
and he just needs to learn how to shoot. And once he gets his shot down, I think he's going to be a very good player and probably a star. And the thing about Chris Livingston, why he's so high, this kid this kid averaged like 50-something points this year. And it was because, you know, all the critics are talking about, oh, Chris Livingston doesn't have good competition. The people he, he plays with are horrible. The people that his teammates are horrible and stuff like that. I watch his highlights. Is that true? Yeah, probably. His competition's horrible. But why is he so high then, critics? The dude averages not 50-something points, 40-something points because that's what, he sh- that, that's what he should be doing. He's the fifth best sophomore incoming junior in the country. He should be doing that if he's playing against horrible competition. The dude should be doing that. So I don't know why you guys – I don't know why the critics are saying Chris Livingston should not be the next kid from Akron. Chris Livingston plays against horrible – oh, how can he control that? All he can do is go out there and dominate. And what's he doing? That's exactly what he's doing. Chris Livingston, the kid from Akron 2.0. LeBron's heard about him. There's a ton of people that have heard about him. The dude is the best re- – there was one game I watched. Um, I watched all of his scores and stuff. The dude had 53 points and 25 rebounds in one game. He's tenacious on the boards. And he finishes, like, what I mean by quick, what me and Davis mean about quick around the rim is we mean whenever the dude goes up, he can change, like, he can go up in the air and tend to finish on the right side and then change direction to finish on the left. Or he can change direction really quick in the paint at the last second and finish. Like, he's very – He's very quick and agile on the rim. Now, I've said this a million times this podcast. He's 6'6". He's, he's going to play forward in his future. He doesn't know how to shoot that well. That's a problem. He's going to need to know how to shoot to play forward because he plays big man because all the people he plays against are like 5'9", like 5'10", five five like not very tall at all. So he's, he plays big man. Um, but shooting, shooting, number one priority of this kid will be higher. Moving on to number four, Amari Bailey. Amari Bailey um, is from Sierra Canyon High School, Chatsworth, California. Sierra Canyon, same place that Bronny James goes. The kids got offers from Alabama, DePaul, Illinois, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan, UCLA. Now this guy was this guy was the easiest to scout out of anybody. He was he was so easy to scout because all he does is drive. When I mean all he, do, I quite literally mean all he does is drive. Like I probably saw him, I probably saw him shoot five or six threes and like what the the six, seven, not not six or seven, probably the three, four, 15-minute-long videos I watched of him. 
And he, I mean, he has a good stroke. He's a decent shooter, but he's so good around the rim. He's acrobatic. For for all of you who play NBA 2K, dude's got Hall of Fame acrobatic finisher badge on. I'm like, he can position his body in any position and finish. He's like a he's like a street ball type finisher, like a Harlem Globetrotter. Is like, it's just unbelievable. This man. He's extremely athletic. He loves to drive, loves it. That's my game. When I play my games, I like to drive. I'm not much of a shooter, but, you know, he's a lot more athletic than me and stuff that he can position his body. But very acrobatic, amazing finisher. He's very quick. And the reason why he's number four, you, you say, well, how's he number four? And he, all he does is drive. Like, he doesn't do anything else. Dude has to quit. Dude could be an all-star wide receiver in high school, too. Dude, that's the quickest first step I've ever seen. Like, there's there's no delay in this first step. Like, if you watch anybody else in basketball, it takes them, like, a second to put their foot down. The dude's like a teleporter with his foot. Like, he literally puts it down and just goes. He just goes, and he can finish over two or three people. He's an amazing ball handler because you, you need to have good ball handling to get to the rim. And he runs the floor, too. If one of his guards gets the rebound, he's going to run the floor, sit there, call for a ball, and then he's going to drive on the wing, and he's going to finish. And he makes everything look easy, too. Like, whenever he's jogging on the floor, he doesn't even look like he's breaking a sweat. I mean, it's amazing. Sierra Canyon High School is also a high school, a very good high school basketball program. He's very strong around the rim, but, again, shooting. He's just decent. Now, obviously, it's highlights again. I, I don't know if he can shoot, like, amazingly. But driving – if you're 6'4 and can drive, dude, that's a good trait. Like, that's a very good trait for a guard. Like a Russell Westbrook type, a Kyrie type. Like, that's a very good trait to have. Anything else you want to say about Omari Bailey before we move on? Um, You know, I, I know this guy because of he plays at Sierra Canyon with Bronny. And I mostly watch – I watch a lot of Bronny highlights because – and Zaire Wade highlights because they're the most like they get put out there the most and so that's how I know this guy and you know he's just like you said he's really good at driving and finishing he's he's acrobatic and it's hard to stop this dude when he's coming in the paint it really is like like, just think about, like, doing a John Wall 360 in the air. Yeah, that's easy to him. Um, this guy, ne next guy, um, do you want to talk about – you want to talk about the number three guy, Caleb Houston, the 6'8", 175 guy from Montverde Academy? Yeah, um, being 6'8", and 175, that's – I'll say that's kind of small. That that was my that was exactly my first thought. Like literally exact I was like, 
bro, I'm like 5'10 and 155 pounds and you're six, like, 6'8 and 175. Like, what is going on here? Yeah. But, I mean, he has offers from Duke, Maryland, Michigan, Seton Hall, and Tennessee. Duke, just think about that. He has an offer from Duke as a, as a sophomore, incoming junior. The reason he has that offer is because he's an amazing three-point shooter. And um, most of his buckets come from a dunk or a three, which means he's athletic. But he doesn't – I mean, he doesn't have the athleticism that other people have. But, I mean, he's still going to get a dunk in transition. He's an above-average finisher. Helps when you're six eight, of course, and he can drive and dish, but he doesn't drive too much. So he has a good balance of skills, and that's why I think he's number three. He's just a well balanced player. He is, and like this dude, bro. When I tell you his highlights are like all threes, it was basically almost all threes are a dunk. And he's not dunking on people. He's not dunking on people. That's why his athleticism is below average. I mean, he's 6'8", and he's not, like, he's only getting his, like, his forehead at the rim or whatever. But he runs the floor really well. He can get it on a fast break and dunk it. Or he's shooting a three. Like, he shoots step. He's more of a catch-and-shoot type guy. He's not, like, Amani Bates, like a guy that we're going to talk about in a minute. But he's more – he's the opposite of an Amani Bates. He's a catch-and-shoot, wet-like-water type guy from the arc. Um, that's why he's either he's either going to drive and dish, he's going to shoot a three, or he's going to get a fast-break dunk. And he scores tons of points on it too. So, you know, the man's just three after three after three for six, eight. The dude doesn't even play big man either. He plays like a forward, which is what he he would be, he would be playing in the future too. Um. So yeah, that's that's a good start. If you're if you're shooting, you might just need to get that athleticism up a little bit because, you know, NBA guys, if you make it to the NBA, college guys are really athletic and strong. Um, like like I said, he doesn't drive too much. It's all of his dunks are on a fast break, but other than that, it's all three hit, three hit, three hit, three hit. Top two. Top two. Number two. He's from Montverde Academy from Philadelphia. So not the same one as Caleb Houston, Caleb Houston or whatever. But he's from Mont Verde Academy again. 6'9", 210, great size. Jalen Duran, 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 whatever, however you say his name. But he's got offers from Alabama, Georgetown, Maryland, Miami. Alabama and Michigan have been all over the place. You guys need to chill out. But Alabama, Georgetown, Maryland, Miami, Florida, Michigan, Penn State. For now, this guy is a guy. He had sixty points one game. 
because he was playing against like horrible people. But yeah, he had 60 points and 30 rebounds in a 24 minute game. He's, he's one of these rare guys that I was talking about. He's a back to the block guy. He doesn't sit on the arc. Dudes, he, he runs on the floor, throws his hands up in the post and scores all, every time he touches the basketball, almost every time. He's incredibly athletic, so you can his teammate can throw it up against – there's a couple of times he threw it up against two or three guys, and the man just went up and grabbed it, dunked it home. I watched a lot of his videos a lot, and over 85% of his shots is a dunk or a layup. And if it's not a dunk or a layup, it's probably a lean-in shot from the block or a mid-range shot. The dude, he doesn't shoot threes. He's not a great shooter at all. His footwork is excellent. His footwork is probably one of the main reasons he's number two. I mean, it's like the dude went to footwork school. Like, he knows exactly when to right reverse pivot, right or right reverse pivot, left reverse pivot, right front pivot, left front pivot. It's just like whatever scenario you give the guy, the dude's going to pivot with the right foot and then finish with the slam. He's a, he's a back-to-the-block type guy, face-up four, like I already said. And he owns the post. Like, what I mean by own the, own the post, he's not like Mikey where he denies all the shots. I mean, he can block shots. But, like, when he touches the ball in the post, you're not stopping him. If you let him get on the block, I'm, he's scoring every time. I mean, the dude did drop 60 points. And those times when he does get, like, triple teams, he has decent vision. He just kicks out uh, to his teammate for a wide-open sh- shot. His shot blocking, as I said, was just okay. It's decent. He can jump high, but he's just, like, he's more of a rebounder type guy. But Jalen, I mean, this guy, I th- he would be a good fit for, like, a Kentucky type of guy, I think. Kentucky, well, they they just own everybody, but they've had good big men. They've had Carl Anthony Towns. They've had Willie Codley Stein, Anthony Davis. Like this, this guy would be a good big man, like for somebody at Kentucky at six nine. I think he would play. I for his thickness and his size, I think he would still play big man at six nine in college, and maybe like a, probably a power forward. In the, in the league, but, um, ba- yeah, basically, if you let this dude touch the ball in the block, you're done for, and you can't do anything about it. But this kid, I'm going to let Davis talk about him, and then I am going to state my very unpopular opinion on this kid. But the best kid in the 2022 class from Lincoln High School, 6'8", 200 pounds, from Ypsilanti, Michigan, Mr. Amani Bates himself. Take it away for number one, Davis. Um, as you said, he used to Lincoln High School. 6'8", um, 200 pounds. I think he's the great – I think he's the best player in high school basketball, all classes. Mm-hmm. 
I do too. Uh, has offers from Duke, Florida State, Georgia, Kentucky, Michigan. Um, he has great. Yeah. He has crazy athleticism, and he's six eight. So combined height with athleticism, that's already a good player. And he he's a very good ball handler, so he can use his ball handling to get past any defender in his way. He has a bag of tricks. And like you said, that's probably that's probably one of the most like important things you need. Um like Kyrie has an insane finishing ability. He has a bag of tricks with his finishing. John Wall has a bag of tricks with his finishing with his 360 layups. When this dude's around when this dude's around the rim, you're not stopping him. He's an unbelievable unbelievable finisher. So he can go up with one hand, switch to the next hand and go under the basket and make the shot. Um he has he loves to shoot off the dribble, so he's not one of the He's not one of the, like, more catch-and-shoot guys. He's more of a pull-up, like kind of a Kevin Durant. And honestly, I think I would compare this guy to Kevin Durant. He has good – That's a perfect comparison. He has good vision. Well, excellent vision. And he's a putback king, so a ball comes off the rim. He's going to locate it and put it back up. He's an unreal three-point shooter. He's a good shot blocker, and again, he's not a catch-and-shoot guy. So, yeah, Kevin Durant is a perfect comparison because Kevin Durant in the finals is always a clutch shooter, and he'll go in and just casually pull up and hit it, and that's what I think Bates does well. And, I mean, yeah, I I just think this dude's – the best player in all classes of high school basketball. My unpopular opinion on Amani Bates. Not only is he the, not only do I think he's the best high school basketball player in all classes. I want you guys to go and look up Amani Bates highlights right now, and just go down the list and see how many highlights there are. My unpopular opinion. This kid is the best high school prospect in high school basketball since LeBron James. Yes, I just said that. This kid is the best prospect in high school since LeBron James. This dude, like, just go and watch his highlights and you will understand even more. He's not a catch-and-shoot guy. He – he – like, he's reminded me of a perfect Kevin Durant. He's skinny. He uses his head fakes, his under the legs, his step backs, his Euro steps. He does every little detail perfectly to get past the rim. Every single detail perfectly to get past the rim. On the perimeter, he probably has every single move you can do in basketball and get to the rim. And then he's going to use a double or triple move to get to the rim and finish. He's going to dunk on you. He's going to put everything back. He's going to find the open guy. He's going to deny your shot off the backboard. 
you'll understand it a lot more when you watch his highlights. But this kid, okay, he's not LeBron. He's not LeBron style at all. He's Kevin Durant style. But this, there was like four or five videos that were like 30 minutes long of this kid. He's from a small town in Michigan. And there's a reason why he gets talked about so much. I hear this kid talked about more than Jalen Green, more than DJ Wagner, more than Patrick Baldwin Jr. I hear this kid get talked about the most out of anybody. Like, Amani Bates, I feel like, could beat as an incoming junior. I think Amani Bates could beat some of the best G League players in the NBA right now in a one-on-one situation because he has that many moves. He's that quick, and he plays good defense. Like he's an all-around player. If your weakness is you're not a catch and shoot guy, but you don't need to be a catch and shoot guy when all you can do is literally just dunk on people at the rim get a wide-open layup because of your dribble moves and shoot the rock. You don't need to be a catch-and-shoot guy. Yes, it's yes, it's nice when, you know, you have a three in the corner and then you watch it. But he doesn't need to do that because all he's going to do is just drive in that situation, always going to take one dribble, step back, and hit the shot. Right. But everybody after the show, if you're interested in, like, all this recruiting stuff – um. Duke, Florida State, Georgia, Kentucky, Michigan, Michigan State are his offers. All, every single one of those are huge schools and a lot more to come. And if you guys are interested in this recruiting stuff, go look up his highlights right now because you will not be just like, it's just unreal. It's unreal. Anyways, that was the last thing we were going to talk about today. Thank you guys so much for coming into our second episode today um we appreciate all your feedback and everything on the first episode we try to improve and if you have any questions any questions at all you can d you can email us at our email dwsportsshow at gmail.com if you have any questions you want us to answer in the next show dwsportsshow at gmail.com. You can also follow our Snapchat, DW underscore sports, and our Instagram, DW underscore sports with two S's. Davis, is there anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Like you said, just thank you for your support and all of this. As we're trying to become sports broadcasters when we grow up. If you have any questions, DM us, email us. Um, we're going to have some guests and probably in the next coming episodes. So stay tuned for those and thank you guys for listening.